honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. A pleasure to be back on board once again today. It's been quite a while, actually. It's been uh, five, six weeks or something since the last episode. The Timberwolves season was wrapping up, or wrapped up. We talked a little bit about the playoffs. I ranted a little bit about Garnett's constant beef with the franchise. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think you get the idea. You know, <laughs> I yeah, Garnett's the best player in franchise history and all that. But I don't know. I think the Wolves treated him better than Garnett might want to give credit. But it is what it is. Uh, you know, I can't just keep going on and on and ranting about it. I suppose so. This is episode number two hundred, which unfortunately this is not going to be a major production. Like in terms of wow, episode number two hundred. We're going to reminisce about this and that. We'll reminisce here and there. I might throw a little bit of that into State of the Timberwolves, which is probably going to be the next episode. In fact, there's about a 99% chance that will be the next episode. So it'll kind of be like a belated 200th episode going into the State of the Wolves because this is kind of like catching up, you know, the postseason and everything, a little pre-draft conversation. Uh, me and Marcus, the forecaster, doing some research, looking at stuff uh, the other night here, just recently, and just ongoing conversation during the course of time about some of the guys out there. Uh, it's not going to be the most in-depth coverage of all time because I got a, I got a feeling, you know, the more you watch these players, I kind of think the Wolves are going to trade the pick. But for who and what, you know, that's kind of hard to say because, like, there's, like, no way to get any information out of these guys. I mean, they're bunker mentality down there. Plus, they just want to catch up, rant about uh, one of the top prospects in the NBA draft as well. So that's going to be the first segment, kind of Wolves and draft conversation. Second segment, catching up with the playoffs, if you can call it that. Uh, well, previewing the finals, that's about it. Otherwise, you know what, I don't really, as, uh, <laughs> as Greg Popovich once said to a reporter, I don't have much to say. I don't. You know, I mean, you know what, I'd be watching them and i just turn it off. For one, I don't want to see Curry's constant histrionics after every bleeping shot. I mean, if you're not sick of watching that, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you just like immature, uh, immature attitudes and immature activity. I guess. But you know what? I, I guess more power to you. If that's what you like, go ahead and watch it. I get tired of watching that. Plus, I get tired of watching 30-point uh, games and such. Uh, entertaining Game 3. Okay, let's get to skip that to the second segment. There I go, jumping ahead. So, <sighs> boy, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a quote from Marcus the Forecaster here. Um, I guess it's going to be a three-segment show because there will be fan interaction third segment. But I'll get to Marcus now first because let's just get to it now. Uh, I'm going to try to see what I was talking about first. I was saying how, yep, the second round of the playoffs and all that, uh, conference finals, Marcus was saying Boston is sad, man. This is sad. And, of course, that was in the first round. Um, and I was saying both series have completely gone down the toilet. What a joke. Haven't watched hardly any pass. You know, I didn't watch a whole lot of these playoff games because they was just so bad. Like, I was watching it for a little while, and then you lose interest because it's like a 30-point game. Like, the Houston and San Antonio series is decent, but then they'd all be blowouts one way or another. And then you see Harden. See, now I'm getting into segment two again. But I was ranting on and on, and Marcus was saying, this is why it needs to be more competitive and why I don't want the Wolves to barely make it into the playoffs. I agree. He says, Wiggins is too funny acting to things that he fails in. Like, he doesn't care, he's basically saying. Uh, Like back to the time when he said that he doesn't do dunk contests because he believed that he should. Should have, should have won, but didn't. If we get crushed in the playoffs, all if what a little motivation he has would disappear. Yep. So that's kind of Marcus's thoughts on Wiggins. He's very concerned about him. He's actually thinking about trading him as well. But one guy I would not trade for, and I'm going to say this right now. Again, I'm trying not to be too crazy, too excited. It's been a while since I've been behind the mic, by the way. Um, so there's always a lot to get off my chest. It is Memorial Day, so that's another reason why I don't, you know, it's, I'm not, I'm not going to do a big 200-show podcast. It seems like a tradition. I catch up with a show right on Memorial Day, or at least the weekend um, of Memorial Day. Uh, but one guy I don't want to trade for, though, like you're going to trade a draft pick or like a Levine or something. Like I was horrified about it at the time a year ago, yet it sounded intriguing. 
And then you see the same stuff, say, when Andrew Wiggins played Kawhi Leonard, and Kawhi Leonard would beat him 31-11, to 11, or this and that. And then later on in the year, uh, Wiggins kind of caught up a little bit, but then obviously Kawhi had the last laugh in that, in that final game uh, between the two teams. But then you see Jimmy Butler, <laughs> that's the name, who is so established and so good, and he's 26-27-ish, still got, some, still got plenty of time left, a lot of tread on the tire, but he's closer to his prime than Andrew Wiggins. And then what do you see when you see Wiggins, or excuse me, when you see Butler versus uh, Kawhi Leonard? You see the same thing. Yeah, exactly. You see Kawhi Leonard beat his opponent, in this case Jimmy Butler, by about 20 plus points. Jimmy Butler, rele- <laughs> Jimmy Butler relegated to about 13 points or so. And Kawhi 28, 33, whatever it was. You know, I don't have the exact but I remember talking about it very vividly back in the season, and that was eye-opening to me. Not only that Kawhi Leonard is, well, maybe one of the two best players on the planet right now, James Harden this, and and uh, uh, Westbrook that. The big box score, Westbrook. Go ahead and rant on me with that one. And you know what? That's fine. I understand if you see Westbrook as the MVP, because it's only been done one other time, and it may or may not ever be done again. And James Harden, well... Yeah, similar statistics, kind of triple-double-ish, all that, and it just reflects on how great that Oklahoma team could have been if those guys weren't so stupid and selfish and and crybaby, whatever you want to say about Durant in that case. I can't believe that. But, uh, of course, the selfishness of Westbrook and kind of the, the oh, God, I'm, I'm not in the right role uh, attitude from James Harden. Well, is he in the right role now? I guess so. At least statistically he is, but is he ever going to win a championship in Houston? I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I want to come out and be a super heavy hitter and all this and bash the crap out of those guys, but maybe I shouldn't just yet. I don't know. You, <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for all the hate mail, because I could really go on, but at the same time, maybe I'm just uh, going a little too far, so maybe I shouldn't. But seriously, though, I don't think Westbrook's going to win a championship with the Oklahoma City Thunder. See, there I go anyway, and I don't think uh, Houston's going to win a championship with Harden anytime soon. It may happen, but... They're going to really need somebody there, and somebody there who is pretty much as good as them, and they're going to have to work together. They're going to have to work together, get it, get the job done, and hopefully the Wolves can, can continue to head in that direction with the stars that they have. Um, so, shoot, I don't want the Wolves to trade the farm for Jimmy Butler. From for for that point coming in here before we get into the draft conversation, I don't want to give up the pick and all that for Jimmy Butler. Like maybe if it's See, it's like you have to match salaries, so I don't know. It's too tough a situation. I don't think the Wolves should go after Jimmy Butler, and I'm afraid of the possibility of them doing that. What you'd have to give up, maybe an expiring contract like a Pekovich, but would that even work? I don't know. Um, I'm not too excited about bringing Jimmy Butler, though. You'd cancel out Wiggins, I, I gotta think, or God knows. And do you really want to do that right now? When Jimmy Butler got beat just as badly by Kawhi Leonard when he's like five years older than Andrew Wiggins, is that smart or is that not really smart? That's my question coming in. I pose a question to making that move. A lot of you out there that love it. Uh, Ricky Rubio, I'm not married to him. And I don't think the Wolves need to be either. Uh, Chris Dunn needs to show a lot more. <laughs> a lot more coming in. And that's where Marcus brings the uh, his thoughts into the draft, obviously. Uh, I don't have exact quotes here. Now, he likes Thomas Bryant. That's kind of a sleeper, semi-sleeper that could be second-round-ish. The Wolves maybe trade up to get him sometime in the draft. Maybe a trade down majorly and wind up with a pick in the 20s or something. And uh, look at uh, Bryant there out of Indiana. Intriguing. Right now, the consensus pick at number 7 because the Wolves moved down a spot because Philadelphia moved up to 3. The Wolves wind up with number 7. The consensus pick is Jonathan Isaac out of Florida State. Jonathan Isaac, you know, I love the athleticism and the fact he can block a couple shots. So as great a shot as Laurie Markkinen has out of Arizona, that guy has a shot like you wouldn't believe. I mean, just a, just a, just sex, sex in that release. Just beautiful shot. Forgive the weird uh, <laughs> terminology there. But the guy has, it's just the most sexy, beautiful shot you've ever seen. And again, I'm not looking at him that bad like that, but just a wonderful, silky smooth jump shot to his game, but there's no defense. I mean, zero. Is that the last thing the Wolves need, or is that the last thing the Wolves need is, like, zero defense? Uh, Jonathan Isaac brings some defensive presence. Not a whole lot, necessarily. He's more of a weak side defender. He's not a man-on defender. Plus, at 6'11", he only weighs 205 pounds. 
Are you kidding me? 205 pounds? Um, geez. Yeah. <laughs> the lucky part is, though, he does have a frame that appears to be, uh, you, know, you know, appears to have a chance to get a bit bigger. He's not, like, going to be stuck necessarily at a skinny guy. But when you see what Jonathan Isaac brings, like a nice little middle kind of a mid-range shot, some three-point shooting and all that, and some block shots, not Mr. Shot-Blocking Machine, Shot-Blocking Force. Well, you already have that in Gorgie Zhang, right? So mid-range shots and, and some shot-blocking, you already have Gorgie Zhang. So I don't know, that kind of cancels things out for me. Even though you'd love to see somebody pair up with Carl Anthony Towns, I think you're looking more at a center if you want to if you want to help Carl Anthony Towns and move Carl over to the floor. Me and the forecaster again talking about that again last night. Forecaster is obviously the former co-host of the show. I'd like to have him on all the time. I wish I could, but it's just one of those things where you can't, we couldn't ever get together. It just drove me crazy, and yeah, it did put a strain on our many many year friendship that started back in what '99 or so when we were just out of like about a year out of high school in my case. Um, so shoot. Uh, Man, it's kind of tough. Tough to get together with him on the right time to do a show. So he'll be on once in a while. Otherwise, we're relegated to text, maybe some audio submissions here and there. But to me, Jonathan Isaac, when you sit down and watch him for an extended period of time, he's going to play a role in the NBA. Did you hear what I just said? Did you hear that? He's going to play a role in the NBA. A role. So you're not looking at a guy... That's going to necessarily change a franchise or really... You're not necessarily looking for a franchise changer at this point. I understand. But you already have Gorgie Zhang. It's kind of like the same thing. And you just committed $64 million to Gorgie Zhang. So does Jonathan Isaac make a ton of sense at this stage? Uh, maybe. Uh, you know, if you're just looking for depth, it doesn't hurt. I, I get that completely. So it kind of depends on who you might be... Who might be looking to trade for that pick. What type of veteran player. So it kind of depends... But a guy that Marcus the Forecaster, and after watching extensive footage yesterday, unfortunately the weaknesses, along with the strengths, with Dennis Smith, thank you Draft Express for all that hard work they do. I Draft Express, you get a big hand for me. But uh, Dennis Smith out of NC State. This guy is either, wow, uh, <laughs> if he can kind of sort of get it together, and obviously every just about everybody here is a freshman, but if he can develop, I mean, he's got the physical strength, and the physical skills, along with the good passing and everything, if he can kind of pan out in the next couple of years, Dennis Smith might end up being freaking awesome. And according to Draft Express's draft board, Dennis Smith would be available for the Wolves at 7 because he's going to the Knicks at 8. So Dennis Smith, the guy has a little bit of Marbury in him when Marbury had uh, bulked up a bit, and he wasn't afraid at all to draw contact. He was great in traffic and all that, but... Three, the three-point shot, not so much. That's the one thing. It's like, you know, it, it, it's it's like the mental part of the game is not the best of Dennis Smith at this stage. But again, he's a freshman, and he reserves the right to develop, kind of understand things a bit more. But that's what you're seeing, kind of weaknesses out of Dennis Smith. And plus the, uh, the uh, uh, pick-and-roll defense is horrendous at this point. So that sounds a little bit like Johnny Flynn <laughs> in that sense. So... Yeah, let's try not to use that word, right? But I just did. Um, so there, there is some fears coming in at Dennis Smith. Luckily, we're at a point, though, you already have uh, Chris Dunn on the roster. And I'm not sure the Wolves are going to make a move on Chris Dunn and Ricky Rubio. I mean, I think wouldn't be surprised if one of the two is gone. Most likely Rubio. Again, as Derek Rose coming, who knows? But Dennis Smith would be an intriguing pick if the Wolves did go that direction. But with all the tentacles coming into this conversation... I'm guessing the Wolves will not go in that direction and that Jonathan Isaac is what you'd call the safe pick coming into this draft. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm heading to towards at this point. Jonathan Isaac, the safe pick, he'll probably wind up being the guy because at least he blocks some shots. At least there's some semblance of defense out of the guy. Again, Markinen, an off, he, he's going to be a wonderful offensive player coming into the league. And if you're looking for a physical, um, more physical guy, a little bit more physical, kind of a shot-blocking type of guy, but maybe he'll be the next uh, Cole Aldridge. He might end up being a lot better than that, but, uh, you know, the possibility does exist that Zach Collins, who is projected to go number 10 to Sacramento, could be also a Cole Aldridge. You know, he, <laughs> he does block shots, though, so he's a possibility at the pick. Not sure exactly where the Wolves would go with that one. I like 
Mr. Thomas Bryant out of Indiana. Like, if you want to pick later in the draft, obviously draft way down into the late 20s, something like that, maybe trade up or trade way, way down. Uh, Thomas Bryant right now looked on to be going number 35 in the draft. Of course, that would be early in the second round. And Thomas Bryant could bring that physical presence into the center position. Unfortunately, he's only 6'10". That's the bad part. But he does have a really nice wingspan, 7'6", 241 pounds, and a frame that can definitely be built upon. Uh, he's, he's, he does bring some type of physical ability, and I think he would be a help to Carl Anthony Towns. Again, you can move Towns over to the four, which is then free Carl Anthony Towns, allow him to go out there and get this 15 rebounds, 27 points, and then again shoot some threes. But some threes, not 750,000 threes. Just some of them would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> Keep it to a reasonable amount, Carl, please. But again, I think the Wolves should head in that direction. I tend to agree with those of you out there that would like to see Carl at a four rather than a five. But again, he's going to play some five. And at the same time, too, as partially as he gets older, Carl Anthony Towns, as he becomes 33, 34 in the next, well, 15 years or so. <laughs> the next 13, 14 years. Copyright Dan Cole. Um, he will be a... Yeah, I mean, that, that I think he would be a full-time center at that stage, but it'd be nice to have somebody that can pair with him down low. It'd be a little bit on the physical side. I think that'd be a big help for the Wolves going in. Jonathan Motley's one out of uh, Baylor. A lot of people like him quite a bit, actually. Uh, interesting player, too. Very uh, versatile, and Baylor went as far as they did this year. They were a lot of fun to watch, uh, and all the credit in the world to them. I like Jonathan Motley. Uh, he brings an extreme athletic ability um, I, I'm smiling saying his name right now. He is only 6'9", though, so we'll see. Um, he brings only, uh, unfortunately at this stage, only about a block a game, but still, there's some value coming in where Collins blocks about one and almost two a game, so that's where Collins could be a possibility coming in. Thomas Bryant overall, again, shot blocking about one and a half per game, and that was in 28 minutes as a freshman for the India, excuse me, a sophomore for the Indian Hoosiers, so a little bit more development uh, out of him. That's the good part. You see a little bit, probably fill out a little bit more physically than some of these other freshmen coming in. That'll be a help. Uh, Bam Adebayo, also out of Kentucky. Center there. Another possibility Wolves could look at. Very physical. 250-pound uh, player. Not necessarily physical, but larger. Gets blocks about one and a half a game. Those are other guys you can kind of bounce around looking at centers to help out Carl. Unfortunately, none of them are specifically really all that tall. That's the one frustration. Until uh, Unless you jump into the Euros, which are a complete crapshoot. You don't know what you're going to get. Uh, even Rob, a lot of people like him as well. Conversations. Some people have him going to the Lakers later in the draft. But, okay, let's get to... Uh, Let's get to things here. The Lakers and Celtics will be picking first and second in this draft. The Lakers did not get the number one pick. That they did get number two, and the possibility exists they will be drafting the guy that is trying to dictate his way towards a certain team. That guy is Lonzo Ball. Now, of course, it's more LeVar Ball than Lonzo Ball, but this is something I want to tell LeVar Ball at this stage. Stop with the juvenile adolescent tweeting. Stop it! Stop it! And what is tweeting, it might not always necessarily be Twitter, but just the comment, the comments and the tweets we're getting from ESPN from LeVar Ball over the course of time. Enough already. Would you just stop? And the $500 shoes is a bunch of bull. The, tw- the quote that pissed me off more than anybody else, though, anybody else, anybody, it just drove me more than anything else, excuse me, is that, well, Michael Jordan didn't have, and again, this is paraphrasing, but Michael Jordan, Jordan's weren't $500, when he came into the league, because he he ain't Lonzo Ball. What? Are you kidding me? Do you hear that? I mean, did you did you did you just hear that? He ain't Lonzo Ball. Michael Jordan ain't Lonzo Ball. It's just, are we living in another planet, another world? I mean, do we have to live in this entitlement society? Have we not had enough of it? Have we not? <sighs> wow, you know. LeVar, shut the hell up, okay? Please shut the hell up. Okay, go ahead, market your stuff. You know, and then, of course, of course, Mr. Uh, Zach Levine saying, oh, I, I have no problem with it, basically. Go ahead, market things. Great. I'm sure it's because he's from UCLA. That's a little bit of help, too, I'm sure, but whatever. You know what? This is BS. <laughs> just, the, the entitlement in society today is just sickening. 
I mean, I, I, maybe I should just let it go. But Lonzo Ball, God bless you. I'm sorry your dad is this much of a jackass. Try not to follow in his footsteps too much. Just go out there and play. You know, and if he winds up with the Lakers, Vince Germano, all the best. I hope it works out. Vince Germano of the Courtside Podcast. Of course, Hank McCoy, Vince Germano, Courtside Podcast. Hank McCoy is a Memphis fan. Vince Germano, a Lakers fan. They don't necessarily sit there and wax nostalgic only about their clubs. They're pretty much NBA, an NBA show, the Courtside Podcast. Check it out on iTunes. I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up again later when we get to the uh, Facebook page. But uh, just mentioning that... Um, Good luck to you, though, if Lonzo Ball winds up there, and I'm pretty sure he's going to wind up there at some point. If it's right now or if it's five years from now, he's going to wind up there. Uh, otherwise, uh, Markel Fultz looking like a stud coming into this draft. Just an overall gem, possibly going to the Celtics. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Mm. What the hell were they thinking a couple of years ago with these, un- these draft picks and all for old guys hoping for the best there? Boy, did that not work out. Oh, Brooklyn. Mm, mm. Brooklyn. This is a nightmare scenario. Now, it's not Shaquille O'Neal back in 92. It's certainly not Michael Jordan in 84 or anything. 84. That's just a couple of years back. It's not that long ago. Um, but still, oh, oh, that's not Tim Duncan in 97 either. Lord. Brooklyn, how can you screw up this bad? Like, how can you screw up this much, Brooklyn? <laughs> Oh, Russell, Rusty Bennett. The Courts uh, Crossover Podcast. Where have you guys been, if you're listening? If you're still listening, I hope they're still around. I mean, I know they're still alive and everything, but they didn't record a show all season. Oh, Crossover Podcast. Please come back. Please come back, Crossover. Hands folded like Magic Johnson talking to Michael Jordan. Please come back, Crossover. Please. Yeah, that would be nice. But uh, Marco Fultz going to the Boston Celtics, most likely at number one. I mean, wow, what a nightmare scenario for the Brooklyn uh, Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> Jason Tatum going to the Suns, number four. Again, this is all just hearsay. I mean, this is all just, at this point, you know, it's it's a mock draft. Things things tend to bounce around a bit. Who knows, maybe somebody's in love with Jonathan Isaac. Maybe he'll go to Sacramento. Maybe he'll go to the Magic. At this stage, Malik Monk, very athletic shooting guard. Who can shoot the three a bit? But to me, you already have Zach Levine. Why would you take Malik Monk? I don't know. I don't think the Wolves are going to be taking Malik Monk. Um, Darren Fox, I don't know. Darren Fox out of Kentucky might be an intriguing one, but he's more than likely going to be going earlier than that, in this case to Sacramento. I don't know. Um, Philadelphia, of course, jumped up to number three. Right now they're saying Josh Jackson at this stage out of Kansas, the Kansas Jayhawks, who never do anything in the tournament despite their super high rank. Um... But, Lord, um, it's going to be interesting and all that. Wolves will make some type of significant trade, maybe package Rubio with the, with the pick. Who knows what's going to happen. Maybe Rubio's going to go to the Bulls. Maybe we do get Jimmy Butler. I don't know. Uh, they're going to figure out something. Don't be surprised if the Wolves make some type of trade on draft night. So far, the Wolves have yet to make a trade in the Tom Thibodeau regime. Pretty hard to believe, actually. Tom Thibodeau, Scott Layden regime. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see where things go. Jonathan Isaac, you know, you know what? Like I'm saying, he's going to play a role in this league. Um, I'm okay with it. I'm not overjoyed about it, though. I think, again, he's going to play a role in the league. And there's nothing wrong with taking Jonathan Isaac. I'm not going to boo the pick. I'm not going to poo-poo it. He'll be a nice addition to the team. But, again, it's not necessarily going to propel the Wolves to 55 wins in the next two years, but we'll see. Uh, Maybe I'm dead wrong. Maybe Jonathan Isaac's value will be shockingly good. There's nothing wrong with depth. We have Gargi and Isaac kind of like helping each other out. Maybe, you know, you have Jonathan Isaac and them together. Maybe when Town sits, you have those two together. You know how you get the Cole Carousel thing going. Sometimes Isaac's in with Town. Sometimes Gargi's in with Town. Sometimes they're playing together, that type of deal. So, You'll have a carousel situation there where guys can play together. Gordy can move over to center, blah, 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 blah. Isaac can play a little small forward as well. And he can, he's got a really nice jump shot, and his athleticism is outstanding. So hopefully Jonathan Isaac can bulk up a bit in the next couple of years. And if the Wolves do stay at the pick and draw, and obviously keep the player and everything, it's probably going to be Jonathan Isaac. So get used to it at this stage. But again, 
<laughs> with this group. You never really know. Uh, talk was that the Wolves were obsessed with Chris Dunn going into last year's draft, and that's exactly who they took. Uh, so Jonathan Isaac, again, more than likely will be the pick if the Wolves stay at number seven and don't, you know, don't deal it away for a veteran. Again, a Jimmy Butler type. Again, continued conversation about Derrick Rose. It does nothing for me at this stage. Derrick Rose is skittish. Derrick Rose is whiny. Derrick Rose is bitchy. I don't care about Derrick Rose at this stage. Um, you know, he he was on his way to being a, a, one of the great players in this game. And that ACL energy was extremely... ACL injury, pardon my weird <laughs> slip of the tongue there, was uh, devastating for this game. It was very sad to see that happen. He took way too long to come back, and he's not even close to the same guy. And I I don't know what to say about it, honestly. Um, I don't think it was a Teddy Bridgewater type of knee injury, like where Teddy might have more of an excuse to take as long as, uh, you know, as long as as long as uh, Derrick Rose did. But we'll just have to wait and see. I'm not anticipating Dennis Smith being the pick. I think the Wolves, I think uh, Mr. Thibodeau loves Chris Dunn very much. And I believe that the Wolves will be sticking with Chris Dunn. Rubio may maybe be moving on, and we might be bringing in a Derrick Rose or some other veteran point guard. So it just kind of is what it is. If the Wolves bring in Kyle Lowry, I will be beyond excited if the Wolves go in that direction because I love Kyle Lowry very, very, very much. He is available. The Wolves will be making a significant signing. We'll be talking about that more on State of the Timberwolves at this stage. We'll be reviewing the draft and I will try to keep it all Wolves in that show. Maybe I'll have a little NBA Finals uh, review <laughs> separate episode sometime in there. But let's talk about the NBA Finals in segment number two. Well, it's Cavs and Warriors again. What are we, in some type of temporal rift? We're back here on Timberwolves Explosion. Time to talk about the NBA Finals. Are you excited? Well, you might as well be because we are in a temporal rift. It's official. Uh, We're stuck in a temporal rift, and it's going to take some type of uh, magical change in something we do. and We don't know what it is yet to to change this uh, collision course that's been going on for the last three years. Well, okay, maybe not. Maybe it's kind of fun because, yeah, you know, like everything else kind of stunk. Like, it just kind of stunk, didn't it? You know, the Bulls looked like they were going to beat the Boston Celtics in the first round when, when Rajon Rondo was healthy, you know, and then Rajon Rondo gets hurt, and next thing you know, the Boston Celtics kind of started winning games. It just says a whole lot about the Boston Celtics, doesn't it? Because how inferior, how terrible were the Chicago Bulls in the, in the you know, during the regular season, and then it looked like they're going to sweep the Celtics in the first round. Uh, what? That would have been like the first time since the, since the Knicks beat the... Uh, I can't even remember, back in 99, and they went all the way to the finals. Of course, they were waiting for the big bully San Antonio Spurs at the end of that trip, and that's always how it goes when you get an underdog finalist in the NBA Finals, like a super supreme underdog, barring some type of change. But Houston was kind of an underdog, but they were the defending champion. That's a little different. That's, of course, circa 1995. My NBA knowledge starts in 91. That's right, the spring of 1991. So, yes, I am 37 years old, pushing 40. <laughs> Those of you out there that are new to the show are just curious how old is this this weird guy that talks too much and, uh, you know, thinks he's so smart, right? Okay. I don't know. I think I'm okay. I think I'm okay. I think my knowledge is decent. Um, Rajan Rondo gets hurt, blah, blah, blah. Bulls are done. The Celtics roll. And then Jimmy Butler basically at the end in the press conference was just kind of like, oh, it's not a failed season, you know? Yeah, we made the playoffs. That's another reason I don't want Jimmy Butler. Just you watch the press conference. I don't want I don't want the Wolves anywhere near this guy. I mean, I don't want Jimmy Butler. I don't care how good he looks when he's playing out there. I don't want Jimmy Butler. Just just the just the just the softy milk toast approach the guy has. In that press conference, it was like he wasn't pissed off at all the way his team quit quit against the Celtics when Rondo got hurt. He wasn't mad about it. He's just yeah, it wasn't a failed season. We made the playoffs. You know what? That's what a lot of Minnesotans kind of tend to say sometimes. You know, and I'm not trying to rip Minnesotans. Please, young people out there from Minnesota, don't get mad at me, okay? I, but I don't like the mediocrity thing, and I know it's been 14, 13, 14 years, 
But when you have a team like what the Wolves could potentially be, I'm not going to be satisfied with getting to the first round and losing. Maybe the first year I'll say, okay, fine. But after that, you got to raise the expectations in a quick hurry. That's why I've been called a New Yorker, because i got big old uh, expectations all the time. I just I just want to win, damn it. Uh, Milwaukee got beat by Toronto, so I'm just going to do a real quick comb here. Cleveland swept Indiana, and then the ensuing swept Toronto, who, of course, was in the conference finals last year, and put up a decent effort until the final two games when the Cavs just stuck that dagger and twisted it against Toronto last year in the Eastern Conference Finals. Kind of what happened with Cleveland and Boston this year. The Cleveland Cavaliers, well, there was no fo 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 as the uh, the late Moses Malone once said years ago with the 76ers in 83, fo-fo-fo, where back then there was only three rounds. Um, it could have been fo-fo-fo to the finals, but Boston was able to squeak one out. Nice clutch shot by Avery Bradley in game number three in Cleveland, Ohio, after the Cavaliers just tore the crap out of the Celtics. It's particularly game one, but after that, game two, not so much either. Uh, and it didn't help that Isaiah Thomas was hurt, so it is what it is. The Celtics, though, yeah, well after a couple of lottery picks the last two years, and I mean top three picks, it's time for the Celtics next year to raise their expectations. Come on now, Boston. Raise their expectations here. You got the number one pick in the draft. Hopefully they bring in the right guy in the... <laughs> what's his name? Markel over there. Uh, yeah, that is how you pronounce it. Markel Fultz out of, War- out of Washington there. Yes, sir. Washington to Boston, most likely to pair up with uh, the Avery Bradleys and the uh, Isaiah Thomases of the world. Isaiah Thomas, wonderful little season uh, for him and the Celtics, able to get to the number one seed, but unfortunately was not meant to be in the conference finals. Cleveland earning the right to play in the finals once again by torching everybody, lighting them up big time. Uh, on the other side, yeah, Memphis and San Antonio. I don't know why the Spurs got to six games, but of course, old Fizz, <laughs> old Fizzywig, Coach Fizzdale of Memphis, you know what, he's a really good coach, and congratulations to Hank McCoy on having him. It's too bad your guys are getting older. I think Paul Gasol should go back to Memphis for like one final season and call it a career. I think Mr. Uh, Ginobili is probably done, unfortunately, and it kind of is what it is. He played very well, though, the last couple of years. Remember how we all thought he was finished after the way he stunk so bad in the 2013 finals and the playoffs most of the way. Nice renaissance for Mr. Ginaldi, but this is probably it for Mono, and that's kind of sad, but it is what it is. Uh, Spurs' effort against Golden State was not good, but hey, it doesn't help when a stupid mother bleeper... Okay, I got Why can we go on April here? <laughs> Pardon me, friend, my French there. I wasn't even supposed to be talking like that. This is kind of family-friendly. Pardon me to those of you uh, out there that from Maranatha, the Christian Academy, that may not want to hear that. <laughs> if you're listening, I don't know. Um, but... Uh, what the heck? Zaza Pachulia. You know, just, I don't know, wrong place, wrong time, intentional. I think a little bit of both. I think he was kind of trying to be physical. I don't think he intended to injure, that type of thing. I don't know, though. Um, it didn't help. I mean, Kawhi Leonard going down the way he did just killed the, the Warriors, uh, excuse me, the Spurs chances, and that helped destroy any hope for any type of fun basketball in the first round here. Oh, or in the first round, or really the whole playoffs. The conference finals were just garbage this year. Houston-San Antonio, yeah, it was kind of close, but then Houston kind of went down the you-know-what. An interesting conversation. Hank McCoy and others, when Hank said that basically that Mr. Uh, James Harden just flat, yeah, he, what was, uh, what was the word? He basically gave the game away, to be honest. Um, he threw it, that's the word, he threw it, like a, like a gambler would throw it on purpose, that type of thing, and it kind of looked like it. That was weird. Uh, Houston looked awfully good early on in that series, and then down they went, and I mean down, down, down. Oklahoma looked like crap against Houston, and just, I don't know, whatever. Keep saying that, uh, what's his name, is the MVP of the league, he's the best player and all that. Well, he's not, it's just the best stats. And But at the same time that he's undermanned over there, I get that, but still, he's got some teammates over there. I mean... I, I, I don't buy that Oklahoma is complete garbage. I really don't. So, mm, I, I, I don't know. It just is what it is. Utah and the Clippers went to seven games, but whatever. And Utah did win, and the Clippers need to blow it up. And Chris Paul, the Spurs need a, a point guard. And will it be Kyle Lowry? Will it be Chris Paul? Either one of them would be an awesome addition 
to the San Antonio Spurs, and this time they need to get it done. They thought they had Mike Conley wrapped up last year, and he took that massive $153 million contract offer from the Memphis Grizzlies, said thank you, and said, I'm a Grizzly for life. And that's about all there is to it for uh, Mike Conley and the Spurs. So now will it be Chris Paul uh, ring-chasing again? This time will it be a good ring-chaser, Chris Paul? Because the last one didn't work out. They never even got to the West Finals once during his time in Clipperland. So... Yeah, that they need to blow that up. It's over. It's time. I'm sorry. Clippers are done. Done. Done with a capital D. Uh, where's Chris Paul going to go? Well, Timberwolves. Yeah, you know, he might come to the Wolves. Seventh pick and, uh, and uh, we, uh, I don't know, Wiggins, Zach Levine, something like that. Okay, I don't know if you want to really do that. <laughs> it would have to be only one of them, but that, that that's an expensive trade, and that's one that would be interesting. Uh, Rubio would have to be included in that, I would think. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to have like three point guards like that. So the third point guard would have to be kind of a, you know, fringe NBA guy. But that pretty much wraps things up. The Warriors did do the faux, 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 and they're in the finals, blah, blah, blah. Not much else to say. Crappy games in every god bleeping shot. The son of a biscuit Curry shoots, and it goes in. Every time he shoots it, that is what I'm trying to say, is he's got to do the histrionics. And you know what? You have a championship, and last year you won 73 games. And you did not win the series. And in both NBA Finals, Steph Curry, you were not the best player on your own team, much less in the series. So would you stop with the histrionics? Please. Stop it! Stop it! Stop. Please, Steph. Just stop, okay? Act like you've been there. Grow up. Do we have to be this way? You're almost 30 years old. You've won an MVP. Can, can you stop with that a little bit? I mean, LeBron James stopped. He was obnoxious in his first day in Cleveland. He was obnoxious in his first year with Miami, and he stopped a bit. Sure, you got the complaining and this and that and the cramps and all that, but stop with it. You know, go ahead and tell me that's part of the game and part of the show. Is that really that fun to watch to see a cocky little kid jumping around? You know, when he's not a kid, you're you're not a kid. You're like tw- you're turning twenty nine years old this year, dude. Enough. Twenty nine. Do you have to act like you're 14 on a playground, beating up on little kids? That's basically what they're doing right now when they're beating these other teams that don't even come close to matching up with them. Could you just cut it out, please? You know, if the other team is taunting you and giving you hell, that might be reason to do a little bit of that, just to say, yeah, well, screw you, take that. But, (laughs) okay, you get the point, right? You get the point. I think I've made my feelings clear. Did I tell you how I really feel, or... Or was I just too milk toast for you? <laughs> With that said, Cleveland is playing wonderful basketball, and they will pose a incredible threat to the Golden State Warriors, who will have home court advantage once again, and they're playing better than anybody else. Cleveland played great until they slacked off a little bit with Boston, but they still finished the job, and they tore the crap out of them, and Kevin Love is playing like he did with the Wolves once again. Kyrie Irving was that archer in the back row that fired that arrow into the dagger, or, I mean, into the heart of the Warriors last year in the finals, and then LeBron finished them off, jabbing that, jabbing the Excalibur through the skull of the Golden State Warriors three-headed dragon. That's basically what happened last year in that seventh game. And these are two super teams meeting up at the end again. Now you have Kevin Durant included, and his numbers have been fantastic, and right now he's the most valuable player of the Golden State Warriors, even though Curry's kind of the straw that stirs the stirs the broth or the drink or whatever, the straw that stirs the drink. Um, It's going to be a great series. LeBron James, though, if this thing goes to Game 7, the Cleveland Cavaliers will win. Uh, If if the Cavaliers have a three-game-to-two lead, they will win the series also. You can kind of tell where I'm going in this one. I think Cleveland is going to win again. I think LeBron James knows how to beat the Warriors. I think he learned how to beat them in 2015. But unfortunately, he was by himself. As long as there's no freak injuries to the Cavaliers' top three guys and they play up to the way they're supposed to play, Kyrie Irving shows up the way he did last year later on in that series after sucking early on. And I mean just sucking early on. Oh, I thought I had a B on me. Oh, that freaked me out. (laughs) It is Memorial Day weekend, and I hope if you're a fan in the background, hopefully it's not too loud. It's getting them kind of warm again, which took a little longer this year. So take that to those of you that think the whole world's getting... 9 million degrees. It's not quite that warm yet. (laughs) Um, I'll leave that conversation to something completely else. Uh, But I think the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to win. I think they know how to beat the Golden State Warriors. Um, The Warriors have 
an addition to the team that they didn't have last year. But here's the thing. Do, do I have to go into this again? See, now, Kevin Durant kind of choked under the pressure last year just a little bit against the Warriors when they were up three games to one, right? Them being the Oklahoma City Thunder. But what did Kevin Durant do when he was matched up with LeBron in the 2012 Finals? That's right. He got beat the hell out of physically. And what has Kevin Durant done about his physical strength since then? Do you hear that? Are you still waiting? Do you, do you, uh, is there an echo out there or crickets or anything? He hasn't done anything. He hasn't gotten bigger. Sure, he's more experienced. I'm sure he's hungrier than he's ever been. And this is a golden opportunity, literally, and all pun intended, with the Warriors. And the Warriors probably will get one more championship out of this group, but I think that's about it. And if they do win this year, I think that's about it. Uh, Cleveland, this might be it too. Maybe. Um, this might be the last time these two teams face in the finals, and whoever wins this is going to win the best out of three. I'm definitely in the rooting interest of the Cleveland Cavaliers, if you hadn't guessed. I love what LeBron James brings in the postseason. I'm kind of irritated that they kind of sort of goofed around in the regular season. They didn't even win an Eastern Conference that wasn't that great, but boy, oh boy, did they turn it up in the playoffs. I mean, they're like the Chicago Blackhawks of the NBA right now. Um, not this year's Blackhawks, but a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cleveland looks uh, they look great, uh, Golden State is going to pose an incredible threat and I think this is going to be Cleveland in 7 I think the Warriors or the, the Cavaliers will win an Oracle again in the 7th game and it will come down to clutch play, maybe Kevin Love hits a big 3 maybe LeBron James you know, draws a foul at a big time, big place gets a, gets a big steal on somebody kind of shocks the world, maybe Kevin Durant steals the ball away from Kevin Durant and next thing you know, Kyrie hits a three, or LeBron draws a foul and gets the free throws, that type of thing. But it's going to be something like that. It's going to be very similar to last year in that sense. There will be some ugly games where each team kicks the other one's ass in this series. There's going to be some ugly basketball. Golden State just might go up two games to zero again this year. It's very possible, but I do think Cleveland will steal one of the two games in uh, Oracle Arena. I may try to do some short podcasts just updating the finals along the way because the next time we talk Timberwolves will be State of the Timberwolves and I want to keep that by at least 90% Timberwolves on the show because I know I got some flack from the uh, alpha dog over there on the courtside podcast. His name is Hank McCoy. He was a little bit annoyed that I turned it into almost like a, Le- a LeBron fest, you know, in the second second segment. It was a long, long NBA Finals review and I know. It's just I was kind of keeping up with things, but what I probably will do this year, guys, have a show dedicated to the NBA Finals and then go all in with the Timberwolves and State of the Wolves. So, again, I apologize to those of you out there that may have been a little annoyed with that. Um, But it is what it is. Uh, Cavaliers will win the series in seven or six. I'll go with seven at this stage. Six would be more ideal It's for the Cavaliers, I'm sure, because going into Oracle again in Game 7 is going to be hard as hell to win. But... LeBron James knows how to win Game 7, and give him credit. He's changed so much from his first day in Cleveland back in the day where LeBron James in a seventh game in the finals on the road is like, ah, yeah, right, they'll lose by like 25. He'll, he'll, he'll fall apart and just because they would lose Game 6 at home in a situation like that, uh, like they did with the Celtics. So kind of is what it is in the past, but luckily the past is the past for LeBron James. Cavaliers in seven in the NBA Finals. It's going to be... It's going to be fun. You're finally going to see a real series here. And it sucks that we had to wait the whole month of May to get there. But we're going to see a great series right here, right now. (laughs) With that, we'll close things and get to fan interaction and wrap up this episode of Timberwolves Explosion, the 200th episode, believe it or not. are back here on Timberwolves Explosion. Being quite the patriot indeed, as you know me on Facebook, some of you out there, I want to remember Memorial Day today. I want to remember the many, many, many veterans dating all the way back to the Revolutionary War, uh, all the way up to the Civil War, and uh, you know the, the other wars along the way. The Civil War, of course, lots of uh, veterans buried here in the Lakewood Cemetery in, by Lake Calhoun. Here's 700 Civil War soldiers. I went uh, to. I went there yesterday to honor them on Sunday, the day before Memorial Day. So, I had to do that. World War Two, World War One, of course. Uh, 
Vietnam, Korean War, Iraq 1, Iraq 2, Afghanistan, currently all over the world. I just want to give you guys a just a huge thank you. God bless all of you. 200, 200 some years ago, 240, 41 years ago, the 1776, uh, the Revolutionary War, all that. And I just want to thank you all so very much for what you've given to this country for so many generations, so many years. Those of you that fought, those of you that were hurt, those of you that uh, that died, want to thank you again so very much. And I will give you a moment of silence right here, right now. God bless the United States of America and its armed forces. Thank you so very much. So we will continue from the Twitter like we do always. Uh, that's at Wolves Explosion, at Wolves Explosion. Going to give a quick shout-out to Flip's Army out there. Flip's Army is a Facebook page. Please give that a like. Wonderful in-game conversation during the whole postseason, during the regular season with the Wolves, and hopefully the Wolves in the postseason next year, off-season, whatever it is. Give that a like, a follow, join the conversation there. Thank you again, Trevor Wickerin, for allowing me to post links to Timberwolves Explosion on that page. Thank you again so very much. So, I want to thank uh, Vince Germano, Tanae Wilson-Brown, and, Le- and Levi Wilson-Brown so very much for retweeting episode number 199 where I said Garnett talks more. I want to thank you guys so very much for retweeting. I, you know, you guys are such an integral part to this show, and I just want to just say God bless you. Thank you so, so much for all you've done for the show over the years. Um, Vince Germano says, always, brother, no, 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 nobody covers Garnett like you. When I was, uh, he was saying how, yep, here it was. He was saying, listening to some Wolves Explosion, which is, of course, Wolves Explosion, because Timberwolves Explosion doesn't fit at Wolves Explosion, while dinner is cooking, hashtag Garnett, and thank you very much. And I asked him if he liked it, and he said, always, nobody covers Garnett like you. And then, yes, sir, which is a Joeyism, if you want to call it that. So that pretty much wraps things up, other than a few likes and follows and all that along the way. I want to thank you guys that did follow. Thank you. That's uh, awesome. I want to appreciate that. Uh, Leo Sanchez, a few others. Here's this one. Wolves, Timberwolves FR. Okay, France. Welcome aboard. And uh, nice look there. New era, new look with, again, the lime green. Hopefully we can stay away from the Seattle Seahawks colors. That would be... uh, Appreciated greatly. I'm trying to follow some people back right now. Might as well, because, uh, yeah, it's only fair, right? That's how I roll. I'm a fair guy. So there it is. That's Twitter. Let's get over to Facebook. It is uh, facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion, because this time it does fit, because there's no limit. Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. All this information will be in the show description on iTunes, Stitcher, and, of course, Double Twist. Thank you again very much, all of you out there. I posted uh, the recent episode. No comments there. So just because it's quiet. When it's the off season, it gets real quiet. Ah, uh, where is the visitor post? So I know Vince Germano posted at least one. Oh wow, it is only one. So yeah, but thank you, Vince. It's worth uh, worth its weight in gold. He says, "Hey, mate, two things. I really hope Thibs isn't serious about being interested in Derrick Rose. I just think you guys have enough at the point with Rubio and Dunn." And that's, uh, yeah, and I don't want Derrick Rose. And if we bring Rubio back, it's not going to kill me. Nope. And I think Dunn will continue to improve. As he says, Dunn will be a, a big improvement next season. Secondly, I'm keen to know your thoughts on the Wolves pick. Who would you be looking to take at that pick? Do you draft for need or take the best player available? Cheers, mate. Uh, best player available at this stage. Um, of course, you want to look at need, but you, you got to take the best player available. And if you have too many at one position... Hopefully you can get some type of trade, even in the summer, if, if need be. Um, Dennis Smith might be the best available. Uh, gosh, I kind of think they're going to take Isaac, though, Jonathan Isaac. That's kind of where I'm thinking, and I'm not against it. I'm not jumping up and down out of my chair about Jonathan Isaac, but I'm not like, oh, either, though you know how it always is. There's always some Paul George type of player that's taken 14th, and then you're just like, uh Come on, man. But at least it's not like the number four four overall pick with Wesley Johnson and then Paul George is taken way later in that draft and and others along the way. Just just don't want to remember 2010 or 11, anything involving David Kahn. What a POS. God almighty. So the Timberwolves Explosion Facebook page has been awfully quiet lately. I understand uh, Tanae said not too long ago that he hasn't had a day off since whenever, and that's forever. I forget if you messaged me. Or was it on Twitter? I don't know what happened. I, I swear I must have read it somewhere. But he was saying he hadn't had a day off since February. I can relate a bit. I've had a crazy busy schedule, but not quite as bad as Tanae's. Uh, that's harsh, Tanae, and uh, God bless you, man. Uh, he said it somewhere. Damn it. 
uh, he was saying that's why he hadn't been able to call in and comment all that much. Just tired, working like a working like like a madman. Um, I don't know where that is. It must have been some type of message somewhere. So I apologize. I hope, uh, but uh, Tanae, thank you again very much. I'd like to hear Tanae's take, though. Maybe a little draft, draft like who you'd like in the draft, or um, or if it's before, if it's after, to comment about the pick or the trade we made or whatever it is coming up. Uh, maybe rant about the rant and rave about the Warriors and Cavaliers too. Um, I know a lot of you are cheering for the Cavaliers, and thank you, thank you for joining on board. <laughs> and it's not because I and I'm not a bandwagon Cavaliers fan. I'm a full-on Wolves fan, but. I like LeBron James, and I have a rooting interest in the Cavaliers, and I really do not like the Golden State Warriors. I don't like the way they carry themselves, and even more reason to not like them is the way Kevin Durant, you know, kind of choked against them last year and then joined them. Like, really? That's lame. That's really lame. That's a loser's lament right there, as far as I'm concerned. You know what? It's a free world. It's a it's a free country, free world, free league, whatever. You can go wherever you want in free agency, but I don't know. Just kind of weak. I think that's weak on both sides. The Warriors are kind of weak too, even though it's like, sure, you want to get the best free agent and everything when you have the money and the cash space to do it. Okay, but I don't know. That's kind of bullcrap. I think it kind of cancels out other players on the team too, but whatever. It's been going on for years. The Lakers did it years ago with Carl Malone and Gary Payton. What did it get them? That's right. The Heat, it did work out for a little while, even the Celtics, but that, the Celtics one was kind of a quick put together some veteran guys. That was a little bit better. But at the same time, this whole super team thing is starting to piss a lot of people off. In fact, it's been pissing people off since the last lockout, at least. So, I don't know. Mm. Well, I hope there's no lockout coming up at any time, other than maybe if the players get so crazy. But, I don't know. I don't think the owners can cry poor. I understand when Vince said that because of the huge TV contract. But if the playoffs continue in the direction this year, uh, of, of this season, the ratings are going to drop. And I guarantee you the ratings were pretty bad. The, this postseason. And if they weren't, I'd be very surprised, actually. So, the finals will make up for it a bit, I gotta think. In fact, they'll be downright fantastic. I gotta believe. So with that, I better wrap things up. Happy Memorial Day to those of you out there. Thank you very much. Those of you out there from the United States, you better celebrate it one way or another. But, again, be smart, though. Don't be drinking too much. Be smart. Again, it's your business, but don't drink and drive, please. That would be the dumbest thing ever. All other than that, God bless all of you. God bless the United States. God bless the Timberwolves, and go Cleveland in the finals. 